When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, motherfucker! What are you looking at, sir? I'm looking at you, miss. Run that, baby. I'm not the Zodiac. And if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Welcome back to the One Eight Minute Productions podcast. I'm your host, Blake Howard. This is a very special bonus episode where I talk to Australia's Kitty Green, an incredible documentarian of films like Ukraine is Not a Brothel and the absolutely outstanding outsider documentary, Casting Jean Benet, about her turning features. Her film, The Assistant, is an absolutely chilling life changer for all those people, my wife included, who've been assistants out there. But her latest film, The Royal Hotel, is a return to Oz. But she comes back with her star of the assistant, Julia Garner, Jessica Hennig, and an incredible array of Australian character actors to explore this kind of outback pot boiler. It is a really terrific film. It has just recently premiered at South by Southwest. It's been premiering all around the world. Hopefully you're going to be able to get a chance to get your eyes on it, both on the cinema screen or potentially on video on demand, but I would strongly recommend that this tight 90 is well worth your time on the big screen. Before I jump into a chat with Kitty about her influences, her process, the tight technical dance of achieving like, a large feature film scale with such a short turnaround. I want you guys to have a listen to the trailer and then Kitty and I will come and have a chat. And I hope you enjoy it very much. Here's the trailer to the Royal Hotel. Physically, it's not a very demanding job. The only thing that can be a little bothersome is the remoteness of the location. Will there be kangaroos? Middle of nowhere. Yep. Down the back, up the stairs. Down the back, up the stairs, mate. You're the new girls. Yeah. yeah. We're on vacation. We should be on a beach somewhere. We have sunshine and booze in a box. Let's put up with it for a few weeks. Make some cash. It'll toughen us up. <laughs> Gold is for Carl Gold. Red is Redland. Honey's in his hands. You get him a beer. Why'd you want to come all the way out here? It was the furthest away. Oh, 
Dickens. Dickens cider. <laughs> They're disgusting. It's a tip. That's enough. You want me to go? Hi. We're leaving. We're out. Where are you gonna go, eh? Bus is not for two days. I'm scared of everyone and everything in this place. Make what you can. Get on the bus and go. Kitty, firstly, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. Congratulations on the film. I'm a big fan of your work. Um, uh, really quickly before we get to the Royal Hotel, I have to say I gave my wife a copy of your film, The Assistant, and she is an assistant. And um, it was one of the most triggering experiences for her in her life. And after a one and done watch, uh, she was like, I've never seen a film that more accurately captures just the tension that is in the air of being an assistant. And I think it was part of the reason why it inspired her to start her own business to get out of being an assistant. So I wanted to say thank you wow. because that's Amazing. the first time I can say that to a filmmaker. I showed Crazy. her. Yeah. She was just like, she gets it and she gets yeah, it. Wow. I'm sorry. I mean, it sounds awful. <laughs> I'm glad she found a way out. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you know, I think one thing that is kind of present in your films, both the assistant and the Royal hotel is like, just like uh, atmospheres of feelings, right. And intuition and, and just kind of, I don't know, like the cycle, the psychological torture of space. So, um, congratulations on this film. Um, and I, I wanted to sort of go back because Australians, you know, you as an Aussie filmmaker, like Australians, usually when you talk to international people, like, and you ask them about Australian films, like, I never want to go there. Like, I never want to go there. I'm scared of the animals. I've seen Wake and Fright. It's never happening. I'm never going to your country. I've seen Wolf Creek. So I wondered, like, at you as someone who had gone off and started to make films internationally, like what was, what was the inspiration for, for the Royal Hotel and you coming to this film um, and, and wanting to bring, I guess, both a local and an international perspective to this kind of um, very uniquely kind of like traveler sort of uh, experience of Australia. I don't know. I mean, I was looking to make an Australian film. I went to film school here and I made films here, but then yeah. I went off overseas and just made films there. So the idea of making one back home was important to me. And my parents were kind of wanting me to visit. So that, you know, <laughs> like that'd be a good opportunity to spend some time with them. Um, and uh, but I don't know, I saw this documentary. I wanted I wanted it to be the right project, I guess, if I was taking it on. And I saw this documentary, Hotel Bulgari, that was about two. Scandinavian women working in an outback pub and immediately I was like oh this is interesting not just um well the sort of the dynamics of play the gender dynamics the power dynamics of play but also the environment was interesting it really made it you could see the space it really showed this it was the side of Australia that was a kind of really visually um kind of unique um so yeah there was a few elements that kind of lined up that made me feel like it also felt like it could be a good project to work with Julia Garner again to be honest and so that was exciting to me the idea of working with her um who was in the assistant um so yeah she's a become a bit of a muse of yours attractive 
A bit of a what? Sorry. A bit of a muse. She's like a uh, muse. Yeah. yeah, she a muse. I don't know if it's a muse. It's sort of uh, like she's like an avatar. I don't know. Kind of <laughs> share the character in a way, and we have an interesting bond. Uh, that uh, yeah, I don't know how much of it's her, how much of it's me. It's kind of a shared process. Yeah, that that, that that's well, whatever inspiration is being taken, you guys are both delivering because the assistant is tremendous and she's absolutely outstanding and she's once again outstanding in this and i feel like after watching the assistant having tried to stay knowing that i was going to talk to you i did my darndest to stay away from to have a very clean viewing of the royal hotel as i hope that Mm. many people who are listening eventually get for themselves but it's like one thing that i think you're fantastic at is just creating an atmosphere that people have to dwell in and then Mm. when you're there things may or may not be happening on the screen or frightening things or scary things or just interesting things, fun things, but it's, there's always this, I don't know, there's like an undercurrent that I think you play in that your films show a whole lot above the surface, but there's like an iceberg. It's like, there is so much going on under the surface. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Julia Garner is the perfect kind of person for that because she does that so wonderfully. Like there's always something else going on with her in her eyes, in her face. It's terrific. Yeah, I mean, she just doesn't have to do much and she sort of telegraphs a lot. Like people yes. can kind of read into what she's thinking quite easily. It's a really, um, it's unique and it's wonderful. And um, yeah, so it's very unfortunate that I can just pop her in a space and, <laughs> space and that sort of works for me. So, so simple as that. So I, I want to talk about the rest of your cast because I think that um, when, when non-Aussies might check out this film, you know, they're, they're going to be looking at it and sort of obviously see Julia and obviously know you and Jessica Hennick is sort of a bit of a, a, an exploding um, actor as well, like being in lots of things and popping up everywhere. But the moment that you get to the Royal Hotel itself, you know, it's absolutely stacked with fantastic Australian faces, you know, Ursula Jovich, Hugo Weaving, James Fredgeville, who I really adore um, as well. And then obviously people like Daniel Henschel, Barbara Lowing, who plays Glenda, is another dynamite character in this thing. Um, so when when you're casting like the, the rest of those faces, are you just cherry picking the very best of the folk that you want to work with? Or is there a specific look? Because I imagine when you're thinking about a mining town, you're thinking about this kind of place that outsiders go into and they don't know whether they're going to be threatened or whether they're going to be embraced. Um, I think you have to really dance perfectly. Like there's a like great tone that you strike where everyone, if you weren't familiar with them, you might think, oh, they're like good looking, cute, Toby Wallace, you know, James Frenchville, they're young, they're attractive, but at the same time, they've all got this edge. And so I wonder, is that just innate for you as an Aussie going, yep, that's the one? Oh, I don't know. I mean, we wrote, it's a few steps to the process. Like Oscar, who is my co-writer and I wrote these characters together. We kind of, we're trying to figure out what their weaknesses were, what they, we knew they all were trying to get the girl's attention. And ultimately their intentions are pure. It's like, we just <laughs> want to connect these women, but they're just, their own failings are kind of getting in the way, you know, whether that's alcoholism or um, James's character's got a, some aggression. He can't get his hands on like wrap around. He can't kind of fully control. Um, so there's things like that going on that we're still, um, that we just sort of figured out kind of who each person was. And then the challenge was casting them. 
um so that they each felt different it wasn't like they were all the same guy but they each brought a different energy to the piece and we were we were fortunate enough that we could literally just watch the best movies and think <laughs> well, who's the guy oh that guy from snowtown that guy from animal kingdom that guy from baby teeth and pull them all together and um yeah put on make a little movie so we were very lucky they all said yes which was, which was wonderful so when you were shooting you shot uh, i i know you shot in adelaide like or south australia um uh, when you were making this um is it different, like being in a tactile space? I wonder how much, like you're occupying that space, you're out there. How much were you inspired when you were there shooting it um, for like, or because or, I'm just curious about your process. We, was it storyboarded within an inch of its life? Or was it like, no, we're going to get into this space and just see how the space interacts when we've got all these people here? Because obviously when it's set at a single location with a couple of, you know, dalliances around but was a you know was the space informing some of your choices with how the film was sort of progressing and and did any of it change because you're like oh the space just works so much better if we do things like this so we found the exterior location um and we shot out out a few hours north of Adelaide for the exteriors and actually all the upstairs of the pub was shot there too but we built the bar as a set so we built the interior so we kind of built it to fit our purposes and yes I'd sort of when writing it would had imagined it being a u-shape mostly because in the hotel called Guardi it's a bit of a u-shape which means you can kind of get these lines of sight you know from different directions you can kind of there's different things going on so it was sort of the challenge was building and we with the I mean, the luxury with building is you can kind of make it fit the way you yeah, kind of exactly. Um, and then it was about, we just didn't, we had this, we, we needed seven weeks to shoot it. That was what was originally scheduled. We couldn't get that budget. So we got cut back to five weeks and everyone was sort of saying, oh, this isn't, this is not enough time. <laughs> and I was convinced we can do it. We'll, we'll plan it all and we'll get it done within the five weeks instead of just cutting shots like a crazy person. Going, well, that scene can be one shot and that scene can be one shot and that scene can be two shots and really getting it down so that we could get it done within the time. And because it was such a tight schedule, we didn't have the room to influence, improvise and play. And so the space doesn't really inform what we're doing. <laughs> we inform the space. Like we, tell, <laughs> we say to the space, you need to do this because we aren't. We need to get this scene done in six shots, which means <laughs> we need to be able to see these people all in this one. And so it becomes very technical and very, um, yeah, like uh, it becomes about time. <laughs> and then the actors are sort of, they, I mean, a few of them were a bit grumpy about that in the beginning because they have all these ideas. Like actors come to a script with ideas as to what they want to do and they're kind of hemmed in a little bit by the coverage because the film works in a way where if Julia's not looking at you, you're not on camera. It's sort of yes. like Julia's perception of this space is is, is paramount. Um, so, yeah, we had to, once they got used to that kind of rhythm, then they realised where there was room to play and where they could, within their kind of parameters of what we were doing, they were able to kind of have some fun and experiment. But it was a very tight, you know, um, plan and it was we stuck to it, essentially. It's funny that you say that Hotel Gulgadi um, was a massive inspiration because obviously, you know, another one of the big films and that you made was Casting Jean Bonnet, which is one of the wildest viewing experiences that I've ever had. It's just like, especially for a, an outsider, because you always hear about these stories and the fascination of these different things. And just to watch the participants of your documentary, like so wholeheartedly get into this grooming of, you know, almost like a pageantry of like getting this child ready to go. It was such a wild experience. And I think it perfectly applied to your, you know, great outsider eye. So 
I wonder what the dance is between you. Is that, is that like a cycle that you find yourselves in that you're, you're, you're more inspired by these real life documentaries or these real life stories. And then that, that informs what your next choice is going to be because, you know, just looking at charting your career, it's like this starts in doco and then you've gone and made some feet, you know, obviously feature narrative films, but is, do you find that there's a constant dialogue that you have for yourself between narrative films and documentary? Um, I started in, I was studied fiction filmmaking, but I moved into documentary because I couldn't, you know, get a fiction film fine. <laughs> I'm straight out of film school. So I made docs because I could make them myself and I could make them really cheaply and I could still learn about the craft and learn about storytelling and all that stuff that way. And so then it becomes just as you're moving through project by project, just like I kind of, the subject is what I'm interested in first and foremost and kind of yeah. the themes of whatever that is. And then it's figuring out the form and what fits and how to tell that story. And so that becomes kind of secondary. But um, so I don't really go at it thinking about, well, I want to make a documentary. I, I kind of go at it going, well, what do I want to explore? What am I interested in looking at? And that kind of is the first thing. Um, and then, yeah, just, I don't know, I guess it all, I like to have the nice thing about having, with the assistant, we did a lot of research into those jobs. And with Cool Guard, with um, Royal Hotel, we didn't do a lot because Cool Guardian existed and we had, this sort of um, draft kind of document that we could kind of play with. And then we added our own stuff to that, you know? So it kind of, the, the it also just the world feels full and real and fully realized when you have that research or that, that, that sort of inspiration, you know? Yes. In a way. Yeah. That's, Otherwise it can feel quite slim or quite fake or something. You know? Yeah. It, uh, it's starting with the theme and then the research. What was your biggest lesson then? Because Jean Benet was just, you know, it was, the year leading up to what, like now you've leapt into a couple of, you know, obviously the servant and, and Royal hotel and the assistant, but was there like a defining lesson at the outset of coming out of, you know, especially working in the nonfiction realm of your last nonfiction that has now defined everything besides the research? Was there one particular thing of like having these real people there? What, like, what was the, was there any of those lessons that you directly applied to say the Royal hotel? Really, I was always, I feel like some documentary makers really struggle when they move into fiction because they're just so loose and free and they <laughs> kind of shoot and it's fly on the wall and I never know what, what will happen. But I was always quite, my docs were quite constructed. I knew what I, what I needed. I knew, went out for certain things. I kind of shot them in like a feature, you know, in a way. Yes. But, um, so I guess it wasn't a huge leap. Um, I guess the biggest surprise has just been what a great actor can bring, you know, and, yes. and working and it's that probably the moment that hit me was when I did the assistant and I have this, we had a scene with Matthew McFadden from Succession and Julia from, you know, and the two of them together and what that could, what, how that did, they just lift it off the page and it turns into something completely different and um, elevates it in that way uh, was really the biggest learning experience. So then it's about cast. I mean, it becomes about casting and, who, what dynamics work, who works with who. Chemistry is really important. Like get, Julia was actually able to, I let her choose Toby Wallace. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted someone for her to choose who that was, who her kind of love interest was, you know, in a way. And I think that helps like that, like just trying to figure out the energy, you know, what what works is, is really important. So I learned a lot about, yeah, that, that I guess, that sort of side of it, which is something that's definitely not part of documentary. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah, because you can be loosey-goosey until you find the most fascinating subject. And then you're yeah. like, okay, and then sometimes things morph or mutate because you're like, this is actually the person that I want to focus on because they're the most fascinating. But but that's so interesting what you said of like letting Julie kind of like pick. That's that's so cool because it's like 
you hear about this, you know, for folks who are not like constantly in filmmaking talk or don't know sort of the technical stuff. It's like people will have chemistry reads. They'll be down to three people and they're like, these three people, one of them is going to be the person. And it's all about the chemistry of that read and then watching it and then validating with, you know, maybe producers or your creative partners to be like, is this the one or do I feel mm. it? And it's like, that's the one as soon as they feel it. But it, um, it, interesting that they felt it together and she had such a direct role in like, uh, you know, guiding that choice. That's so cool. Yeah. I gave her some options. She couldn't pick anyone. <laughs> of course, within reason, within, within reason. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cause then everyone would be like Gosling, you know, I'll yeah. just have Gosling if I could. <laughs> He's a, not he a, he's not Australian. He's pretty busy right now, so yeah, you know exactly. we can't we can't make that happen. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's not always the case. That's not always the case. Um, how have you found? Because you've started to release this. Obviously, it's got some screenings at South by Southwest in Sydney. How have you found the reception of the film? Like, a, a, like, a, especially, I wonder, have you had a chance to watch it like a few times with an audience, and have you enjoyed their experience? Because I know that filmmakers sometimes really love you know not everyone wants to do the whole test screening thing it's usually reserved for the sort of big blockbusters or whatever but i wonder do you find any enjoyment in watching an audience watch the film and see how they're being played or and if 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 that sort of if if all of your technical stuff that is happening as you're building this thing is working with an audience yeah i mean we uh we did some test screenings which i in sydney and uh, actually in other parts of australia we were trying to just because, I don't know, with a film like this, it's a complicated one, but I don't even know. But I felt like it was something that was important to just see how the kind of people were responding to it, specifically Australians, because we were worried that, you know, they might feel like we're attacking them or the culture, which we're not doing. And so just making sure that our message was going through in the right way was really important early up. But the weird thing about it was we premiered it in the States first and then in the UK and now we're in Australia and it feels so good to be back here because there's a lot more laughter and a lot more enjoyment of the film in a way. Like I think Australians pick up on the nuances. They're not afraid to kind of see the warmth in the characters and see kind of the problem like, and, and also the problems and also the sort of darkness. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's playing really well here. We played really well at South by, we had, we opened the Adelaide film festival the other day and that went really well too. So we're feeling good about, you know, getting it out into cinemas and having Australians see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, as a massive fan of James Frenchville, like I, I know he's such a dullard in some parts of this movie, but I particularly, I was like, I can't not like, I can't not just go, oh, yeah. poor. you know, it's yeah, just like that, fr that, fr that friend of yours who you're always like, why do you always do that? Like, what is yeah. your problem? You know? Yeah. So there's true, you know, that the, the true warmth of that, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. And uh, I, I can get it. And, and, and not being completely off put. Um, and it, it is quite um, hilarious for Aussies to hear um, Julia as Hannah be like, um, did you hear what he just called me? You know, it's yeah. like, yeah, we heard and we hear it all the time. Um, it's, yep. it's, it, it, yeah. it is different. Um, so I have to ask, like, is it when you're doing this kind of movie, because we do have like, I don't know what it is. Like, it's a great, this is a great genre movie in many ways. Like it's so much, you know, it's more thematically complex. You know, I, I don't think genre is a dirty word. I love genre, like genre movies. So I feel like it's a genre movie, but did, is there anything for you as a, as a, like a younger filmmaker, do you ever like, besides like 
Hotel Kuligati, which is like a blueprint, your research that you could go back to, was there ever an awareness of like, okay, when you're pitching this thing, we're going to make, you know, we're going to, we're going to sort of make a wake in Friday. We're going to like take this sort of out back. We're going to go into Australia. We're going to do that. And I imagine like, as you said, when you're screening it to international audiences, you may already have a, a, a fear of like, everything in Australia is dangerous, even kangaroos, you know, even recently uh, there was a tweet that, of a kangaroo that had trapped a guy's dog in a lake. And uh, uh, it was an American person tweeted said, I, if there's any more proof you need to not go to Australia, it's that kangaroos can even attack you. And they're meant to be these adorable things. So like, was there ever a, a like an awareness that you guys are of a piece with a whole like series of films or is it like, no, we're just, we're, we're going in fresh we're taking a much more, I guess, research-based and, and trying to bring some freshness to it with a, a, both a female voice but anchored by these two great female performances by Jessica and Julia at the top. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, we watched a lot of those movies and a lot of them are reference points and like Wake and Fright and Straw Dogs and there's Straw like a Dogs. lot of in Australian film but it has that kind of similar kind of town versus foreigners kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we looked at but I think once you start writing it, I mean, it becomes its own thing. And I think the girls, I mean, the the, the horror tropes every, are kind of there unintentionally, not unintentionally, but uh, we have to almost fight them. Like as soon as you see those women turn up there, everyone assumes it's Wolf Creek and they're going to yeah. die. And so we're trying to challenge that by creating a narrative that isn't leading you down that, you know, path, leading you elsewhere. And so that becomes like this playing around with the genre and the conventions and the tropes of it was really a fun part of like putting the film together and sort of how much do we lean genre here and where do we go with it and how do we kind of give us, you know, promote whatever, have the mission statement or message that we want in ultimately at the end of the movie. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I love your wrestle with the tropes. It's my, I don't want to spoil it because I want people to see this film and I want them to, and I, I know that they'll enjoy it watching it, but I think in like the assistant and in the Royal hotel, there's a sort of continuity of the worst possible thing on the horizon. And is it going to happen? And is it, are we going to get there? And mm. I think the, the journey to that destination, whatever it is for both of those films, for folks who haven't seen it again, I don't want to spoil. Um, I think I think you've got like such a great command of it. So yeah, you should be really proud of um uh, you should be really proud of it. Like well done. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, we're feeling good. I mean, we're the girls really love it. The you know, Hugo was so lovely the other night, I was so excited to be there. And like Ursula, we had Ursula at South by, which is wonderful. And so the cast are really fun and wonderful and happy, and we're feeling we're feeling good moving into the release. Yeah. More 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 films at home. Or back uh, off to the states. Yeah, maybe I hope so. Yeah, it sort of depends on again, like what I whatever the next idea is, and but it's nice working with Australians, and I'd like to keep doing that, you know. And um, we we've had a good bunch of people. I'd love to work with all of them again. It'd be kind of weird <laughs> if we brought everyone back. <laughs> it would. I I think it would be fun because if you just took it into a completely different thing, it would just be super. You yeah, don't have like to. You can break it. Yeah, like a theater troupe. Yeah, you just like, <laughs> can someone give Kitty like another uh, amount of money that she needs to make, and and this time maybe six or seven weeks, and like exactly. just get it, get it, get it done. Seven weeks. I want seven weeks. It's yeah, perfect. just yeah. just seven weeks, and then family will be happy that you're here for seven weeks, and then we're good. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. That's the goal. Well, look, um, thank you so much for taking the time to chat, um to me on the on the show today I, I again i'm i'm a fan of your work and i took the opportunity to do it even though we we don't usually um 
digress with individual filmmakers on films. It's sort of a bit of a bonus on what we do, but I, I just want to say congrats and looking forward to uh, seeing the film get out there um, to bigger and bigger audiences. And I can't wait to see what you do next. And especially if you get the whole band back together um, and yeah. Julia as the band leader, I, I can't, I can't wait. Great. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to chat. So. No, lovely to chat to you too. Take care. See you later. Bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.